Wednesday to all the NFL universe. Welcome. It's the All City All NFL podcast. Uh, Baldy, the great Brian Baldinger. I'm Cos Anthony Gargano, and uh, this is what we do, man. Yeah. It's Super Bowl. I mean, the countdown's begun. Yeah. The countdown's begun. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just two weeks. It's uh, what are we doing to fill it, to talk about it? And to us football fans, you can't get enough football conversation. You just can't. Well, it's funny you said that because I, we love the Super Bowl. Next year, uh, or next week, excuse me, we'll be in Vegas doing the show, so we're looking forward to that. But what now I think about this time of the year and all the great Super Bowls, mm-hmm. it's almost like a timeline of our lives. It is. Right? Like, you can remember where you were. All that stuff. What you were doing. It's part of your life. It is. It's a part of your timeline because we've all watched from the time that I, I remember my first Super Bowl watching it with my dad in the basement. You know, I mean, and we'll talk about it today. But I, I can I can literally, you know, I'm a nine-year-old boy and I'm watching the Jets and the Baltimore Colts. And that's the first time Super Bowl, you go out there in the yard, you're throwing it around. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's Unitas over here. There's yeah. Namath over there. Wow. You know, and so, like, and from that time on, all that run, I'm from Pittsburgh. My dad and mom are from Pittsburgh. The run of the Steelers in the 70s. Like, I mean, we all watched. Yeah. You know, we all yeah. had, you know, the, whatever yeah. it was, a 19-inch TV yeah. or whatever it was. Like, I, so I can remember each and every one. I remember the heartache of the Vikings and, and then you just, you the know, you purple start. purple people eaters. The purple people eaters. I was a vendor at Metropolitan Stadium, you know, when I was a kid. Lied about my age. My dad got me a job. I sold, you know, popcorn and sodas out there. Well, in Minnesota. Pop. Pops. Yeah. Ice cold pops. So, Ice I mean, cold pop. Yeah. So, wow. I, I, you know, Metropolitan Stadium. Love it. Like, I. I, I like Bud Grant and yes. the snow. I think, um, you know, I, I was a little boy and I, I remember that, you know, I could picture that stadium with. The big mounds of snow. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this first time, you know, you, you, you get introduced to what tailgating was. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so they're all out in the parking lot, right? And then, you know, that was a stadium. It was a baseball stadium, too, Metropolitan Stadium. So, like, both teams were on the same sideline. Okay? So, wow. imagine that. Like, they're both wow. on the same sideline, split it to 50. Okay? And then there was things like me and my brother were both vendors for two straight years in a row. And so, we would we'd stop selling the pop or the popcorn, at the end of the third quarter, we'd sneak down on the field. Ah, so I was down on awesome. the field as a kid, like with my little Instamatic Polaroid camera, like taking pictures on the sideline. See, this is, this that prepared you for today. Yeah, it, it did. You know I, mean? I was like a little photographer back then. Uh, you, you knew, like, your path was set out for you back then, which is so cool. But, you know, it's fun. You know, like, all those great I – mean, we're in NFL films here, cuz. But, you know, all those great NFL film shots – uh, oh. You know, Bud Grant and Chuck Foreman and Alan Page, like the breath coming out on those bitterly cold days. Like the, it's so thematic. It's, it's very thematic. And, and, and so it's I, – I just remember one year I was down there, the Packers are playing the Vikings. You know, you could hear Ray Scott announcing the game on CBS or something. And, like, I just remember the Packers looked like the biggest team in the world to me. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm whatever I am, I'm 15 years old. But I'm looking at the Packers coming out of the dugout, and I'm like, they look larger than life. Yeah. You know, just physically, they just look larger than life. Yeah. Uh, you you know, being from Pittsburgh, you, you had to be a Steeler fan totally. early, right? Like, so I remember being a kid, like one of the first Super Bowls was the Pittsburgh-Dallas. Yeah. Lynn Swan. Sure. There's two of them. You know, like, the, they, they were... I mean, oh my God! I just remember, like, I could be—I was that little boy looking up. Well, and there's, boxing, there's Cowboys a, and that, and just Steelers. Pittsburgh and Dallas. Like, there's iconic plays of Lynn Swan with the catch. I yeah. mean, that will be oh, that will be played yeah. over and over again. I'm sure Lynn will, you know, make an appearance, you know, at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas um, this year. But that that catch, like, it's in slow motion. You know, it's like slow motion cameras. It's perfectly framed, and you're like the the suspense. Is it going to make the catch, not make the catch? Yeah. Like those yeah. type of iconic memories, moments for every team that's been represented in the Super Bowl or just fans in general, yeah. we remember. Well, you know what's, you know what's, and then I always remember because I was one of these kids that got Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And the following week, I couldn't wait for their, it's funny because it was a week old, 
But like you got the magazine like on a Thursday or a Friday. Friday, yeah. And like I was like, I can remember the cover of the Steelers and Cowboys and reading all about it. It just felt mythical. <laughs> well, it was it was the Super Bowl. I mean, now we just it's just sort of part of our, you know, a fabric of our society. Yeah. But back then it was this is it's a Super Bowl because it's the biggest game. Yeah. You know, and so the first two Super Bowls were just championship games. The first Super Bowl was the Jets and Baltimore. Why? That's because it was AFC, NFC, and like here we come, we're merging these two conferences. And, you know, uh there was a proclamation made at a well, pool let's, do, se- let's do it. All right, let's go through because what we're doing today is we want to make a list of our top 10 best Super Bowls, all right? Some of the most interesting close games. So we went through it. We have our list, and then we want to got, kind of relive it with you guys. And you and live it with us because some of you will, you know, might not be old enough to remember some of them, and some of, them you, are, some of you are. So when whenever you pick it up, you'll start to see how these things just are embedded in the in the course of your life, yeah. Close your eyes, and in your mind's yeah. eye, you'll you'll see those pictures, kind of just like a camera roll, go through it. So let's go. The first one that you remember, which is Jets Baltimore. Yeah, I, I was a little uh, a little young for that one. So that was Namath, and that was legendary. It was, it was at the Orange Bowl. It was at the Orange Bowl in Miami, and there's a shot right here in NFL Films. Uh, Joe Namath at the pool, photographers, reporters, you know, obviously it wasn't the media storm it is now. And, you know, he's making, yeah, we're going to win. You know, and I, that, they just ran with the headline. You know, like, guarantee. I mean, it was a guarantee, right? So, you know, I mean, that was the headline. Joe Namath guarantees a Jets victory. The Jets were big underdogs. This was, you know, Don Shula. This was Johnny Unitas. I mean, this was, uh, you know, John Mackey and Jimmy Orr and, you know, Raymond Berry. I mean, this was a legendary team. And the the Jets weren't supposed to be there. And I remember we, we, I was living in, in – uh, we had just moved to Minnesota. And uh, I'm sitting in the basement with my dad in this new house that we're in. And it's Super Bowl three, And I was – I was a fan of both quarterbacks, but I was rooting for Namath. I loved Johnny Unitas. I loved the black high tops. I loved the crew cut. He was a Pittsburgh guy. You know, my dad was from Pittsburgh. Like they, so was Namath. Namath. Yeah, he's from Beaver Falls, right? This is back when like seemed like every quarterback was coming, you know, out of the Steel City. So it was interesting because Namath, a good friend of mine, Mark Kriegel. Um, yes, yeah, I knew Mark, sure. From the Daily News. Yeah. And, and, and Mark did a book on Namath. Yes, and, he did. Great which was book. a fabulous book. If you ever want to read about yeah. John Namath, I highly recommend it. But that Super Bowl was so culturally important because it was almost like the great divide. Like Johnny Unitas was your father's quarterback, right? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said it. Crew cut. Military you know, looking. Yes, yeah. Very disciplined. Like, you know, I mean, came from nowhere. You know, I, you know, Undrafted, all that kind of stuff, but like he he was straight and narrow. And then you had Namath, who's hanging out with gangsters, <laughs> right? Like who was that guy, right? Like he was. It was the '60s, right? He had the long hair, he was a good-looking guy. Like it, it's the end of of that decade of change. And he's like sitting he on, he, he's got a, there's a shot downstairs on the first floor of him on the sideline, injured. With a mink coat on. Yeah. You imagine yeah. if a player had a yeah. mink coat on today? Well, on I mean, you, you know, like I could see T.O. doing that. No, like back I'm in not the saying day. It, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's out of the question. Yeah. But it would draw a lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what was cool? Like, I, I remember seeing that footage of Namath around the pool. And he's shirtless, gets raised, and all the media's around him. Like, that... Is bigger than life, larger than life, because you, know? you, you just see the level of relaxation. We got this. Yeah, we we, we're, we yeah. got we got this. Yeah. You know, and the, the thing, a couple of things that's interesting about the game, like the Jets didn't attempt one pass in the fourth quarter. You know, it's funny. I you don't even realize that Emerson Boozer. They ran the ball. They ran the ball in the fourth quarter. They never threw a pass. In the fourth quarter of the game. Well, it's funny because Namath gets all the love, right? But it's a 16-7 to game. The Jets' defense 
shuts down that incredible Colts yeah. offense. Johnny Sample, like so many great players on both teams. But, yeah, the Jets, Winston Hill, offensive lineman. You just go through the list of the guys. Pete Lamons, you know, wide receiver, tight end. George Sauer, like all the guys that were there, man. It was just like they, the names still roll off my uh, the tip of my tongue. All right, let, let's roll a little – we'll fast forward a little bit in time. And let's go to – Buffalo and the Giants. Like, this is the height of the heartbreak in Buffalo. Scott Norwood, wide right. It's Super Bowl 25. It's uh, – they have every chance. Like, it's the, the Bills dynasty is going to happen, and he blows it. So – 19. That was at – that was at Raymond James Stadium, or it was in Tampa. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it's Super Bowl 25. Whitney Houston does the national anthem. I'm there. Uh, my brother's playing in the game for the Bills. It's his first Super Bowl. Uh, Bill Parcells is on one side. Marv Levy is on the other side. And, um, you know, it was one of these games where it was back and forth. Bruce Smith, it was hotter than hell that night. I mean, it was unbelievably hot and humid. Players were cramping up on the sideline. My buddy playing for the Giants, Everson Walls, Steve Diossi, guys I played with in Dallas, are all members of the Giants. Um, it's, it's, and, but Buffalo is, you know, it's, it's gritty. I mean, it's Jim Kelly, it's Thurman Thomas, Andre right? Reed. Andre Reed, you know, James Lofton, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's got Bruce Smith is on one side, you know, I mean, there's so many hall of famers on both teams. OJ Anderson is carrying the ball for the New York Giants and Jim Kelly gets the final drive and takes him down the field and they're ready to kick the field goal. It's 20 to 19, the field goal wins the game for the Buffalo Bills. Scott Norwood goes wide to the right. And it was just one of those things where you're you're in the stadium, you're like, this is it. Like, I'm 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 in the Buffalo Bills section. My brother's gonna get a Super Bowl ring. Like this is my whole my basically my whole family's there. And all of our friends are there. And we're there all week. And you just see that kick. And it's like it's 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 never coming down. And it's in slow motion. But you know almost as soon as it leaves his foot. Like, it's not going through the uprights. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Oh, my it was, God. It was, uh, it was a, just a legendary heartbreak moment. You know, just one of those things that you just never – you never forget. You never never forget that night. I think I still have the Super Bowl ticket stub, you know, of that night and that, that game and the ticket, the whole thing. How wild. They, you know, they wound up making, like, an independent movie. Yes, on Scott. Because it was, uh, it was called Buffalo '66. Um, the actor was Ga- Vincent Gallo. Okay, and they had the, the character's name was Scott Wood <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, and like his mother, the main character, it wasn't really about football, but it was a big theme of the movie because his mother was a huge Bills fan, and that Super Bowl like wrecked her. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, look, it it, they, it'll, it never leaves you. It's never going to leave, and it never left him. Um, you know, you just hope that it doesn't, you know, set, you know, put you into depression. You know, because I mean, there's there's always heartache and failure in championships, you know. And so are you the victor or are you the spoiler? Are you, you know, it's the agony, it's the ecstasy of life. Yeah. You know, we, we, we see it in real time and then you have to live. You're part of the agony that travels with you. Yeah. And everybody, they remember that, that moment. It's almost that trapped. It's, it becomes its own. Spirit. It's a tragedy. Yeah, and it becomes trapped within your city. You got to be very, very strong yeah. to like survive and to move on. And 
you know, so anyways, that uh, Buffalo, that was the first of four straight losses by the Bills, and that was the closest one by far. Yeah. It was Washington, then there was the Dallas games, and, you know, then they got, you know, it started getting to the point where maybe they shouldn't attend anymore. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because we're just doing the games that stand out to us, very close games. Yeah. But, you know, the, the parallels between Denver and Buffalo, because re- remember, Elway, until, you know, TD comes along and they're able to to win it late in Elway's career. But when Elway's in his prime, he's going to all those Super Bowl and losing, three yeah. of them. Yeah, and some of them pretty badly. Some of them, you know, it's bad losses. Yeah, but, I mean, the last two, Atlanta and then Green Bay. Green Bay was out in San Diego. And, um, you know, I mean, it was just one of those – it was just one of those – John Elway's getting helicoptered, right? You're like going into the end zone. Just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this game with two of them. I'm going to have two in the bank when I leave, the way that he played that game. The Washington, the Buffalo, the Denver-Washington game, they're up 10 nothing in the first quarter, and you're going, wow, the, the Broncos, and then the, the Denver the Redskins, they, they erupt for, what, 35 in the second quarter? Yeah, it was, it was. Timmy Smith? Yeah, Timmy Smith. Yeah, I mean, it was, that was a good call. It's insane. All right, the second Super Bowl, that stands out. That's one Third. of our favorites. Third one, excuse me, is Super Bowl twenty six, and that's Niners Bengals Montana. Montana, yeah, take them down the field, the game winner. Like that was, uh, that was just, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, John, you know, Joe Joe Montana coming in the huddle and keeping all the troops loose by pointing out John Candy on the sideline, yeah. and uh, that was you know, against Dallas, right? That, that one. That when he does that on the catch before the catch, isn't that part of the lure? That well, no, that was that was in the Super Bowl. That wasn't the Super Bowl. I thought that was wow. in the Super Bowl. I thought wow. that was Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. Like, I, yeah, you know, yeah. some of these things kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> bleed together sometimes. <laughs> so we're not sitting here and researching everything. No, we're, no. Just, we're just two guys, you know, sitting at the end of the bar talking about some of our That's favorite what this Super Bowl is. games. This is just. Uh, yeah. You know, we're I mean, you, the, if you want to like call us out on technical details and yeah, stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the film room right now, all right? So we're bullshitting the point. <laughs> I got coffee room. in my hand. I'm just going through, <laughs> like, literally. I mean, we just said this would be a good topic today. We got 11 days to the Super Bowl, whatever it is now. Like, let's just recap and go into our lives. Like, like, this is what you guys do. Like, we love this stuff. Um, and. All of America watches this thing. All right, so Niners, uh, Bengals. Yeah, I mean, is that Sam Weish? Yeah, Sam Weish. That was uh, Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson. One of those guys that, you know, they lost Icky, Icky Shuffle. He's still shuffling. Like, he still comes back and does the commercials. Anybody that's gone to Cincinnati and you're living, you know, those Skyline Chili. Skyline Chili. And I was there this year. And, you know, the whole. I mean, Anthony Munoz is out there, and you know, I mean, it's just like they had their they had their players, they had their their team, and you know, they had they had a run. You know, they were a really good AFC team with Kenny Anderson. To this day, I still think they were one of when I was a kid. I used to love their uniform. Yeah, because of the tie, just the way the tie, the stripes, stripes, the stripes. You know, that's what's cool about football. Like when we talk about this stuff, it's uniforms and helmets. And well, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was one of those kids that collected little helmets. Yeah, me too. Stickers, I so you yeah, yeah, had all your stickers, favorite helmets. Yeah. And then you would you'd stack them. Who's your favorite team? And yeah. All your know, favorite yeah. logo. But even, you know, to, to today, like when you see a classic two teams and the classic logos and uniforms, the Steelers, you know, with just the steel, you know, the Steeler on one side of the helmet. You know, even in this Super Bowl with Kansas City, they've changed their look a couple of times. But San Francisco and Kansas City, when you see that game, you see those teams, you know exactly who's playing. Yeah. You know, like there's no mistake. And like some of these sports, they've changed uniforms so often, you don't even, you don't even recognize what the team is and what the colors are. Like th- these teams have classic uh, logos, classic designs, classic team colors. You know what's funny? When I was a kid, this is what a loser geek I was, all right? When I was a kid, I had the NFL sheets, right? It was like the bedspread yeah. and the sheets with the logos on them. Yeah, yeah. And I remember. You remember those things, sure. right? Like, so I would make my bed. And, of course, I grew up in Philadelphia, so I was an Eagles fan. And I would make sure the Eagles logo 
was near like the top of the bed, was prominently <laughs> like displayed. Yeah. You know, like, you know, oh, it's so funny. All right, uh, let's go into it. The game itself, what do you remember about it? Uh, what I remember about uh, the game, San Francisco-Cincinnati, is that final drive. You know, John Taylor. I mean, we, we give all the credit, you know, to Jerry Rice and all of his yeah. all of his records and exploits. And he was, you know, he was the greatest receiver of all time. So graceful. And, I mean, I so many games against Jerry yeah, Rice. He's were, elegant. Huh? Yeah. And, and, you know. But John Taylor, right from Pensacola, New Jersey, right here, you know. Remember, I played with his brother in Indianapolis. Yeah, we can football to Delaware. He went to Delaware State. Yeah, you know, small school, right in the middle of the state. I mean, John Taylor was as good a number two receiver as you could ever get. Never gets the credit or the attention, but that was your classic. You had your X and your Z. That was your classic, you know, X receiver. Yeah, that's wild. That was amazing in Montana. They, like that's the. You know, we always talk about Brady being the GOAT and, you know, and Mahomes is, you know. Well, Joe, Joe went run. to the Super Bowl four times. Joe was the original. Yeah, I mean, you know. Unbeaten. Four times and, you know, went four times and at his very best all four times. And, you know, cool as a cucumber and all that stuff. And classic, there's, you know, there's just these classic videos, you know, of him and Bill Walsh literally drawing plays up in the dirt, you know. And I had a buddy of mine that coached with Bill at Stanford when he left San Francisco and went to Stanford. And, um, you know, I mean, Bill Walsh, you, you talk about, you know, San Francisco and Cincinnati. You know, he came from Cincinnati. Yeah. He was yeah. part of Paul Brown and part of the the, yeah. the Bengal organization. He didn't get a head job until he was 47. Like, you know, they, they weren't letting him out of Cincinnati. They knew who he was. So, anyways, my buddy coached for them at, at, at Stanford, and my buddy was an offensive guy, and he would tell me that, you know, Bill would come in on play the game Saturdays. Sundays, you're just sort of, you know, regrouping and watching the film and putting that Saturday game to bed. But Monday's coming in, and he's got 10 new plays. He's got 10 new plays that he's drawing up. What do you think about this? Like, let's walk through it. Let's talk through it. And, you know, and next thing you know, one of those plays makes it to the game next week. It's, it's incredible. Like the playbook, you know, they talk I mean, about they're... the West Coast offense. Like the playbook never ended for him. Well, it's amazing how he births that offense. And, you know, we, as the normal human beings, right, as mortals, we remember the, the West Coast offense being, you know, from Montana, right? Because he was, he didn't have the biggest arm, but he was incredibly accurate, yeah. could move. And, and that offense, which was, hey, hit, you know, Rice and, and, and Taylor and Stride and, Yak to the end zone. Yeah, short passes, long, you know, long runs. You know, read the triangle. Um, you know, I mean, like just all the the plays. You know, flanker drive and and Texas and like all the the plays that that came out of there became just part of the lexicon. Yeah. Of uh, offensive football. Yeah, well, you trace the lineage right of Andy Reid all the way back to that moment. Well, he, he's and with Holmgren. Walsh. Holmgren's with Bill Walsh yeah. in San Francisco. You know, Bill Walsh started in Cincinnati, became the West Coast offense. They weren't good enough to run it, so they threw it. And the short passes were like extensions of runs. That gets that goes to San Francisco. Um, Bill Walsh starts training his coaches. I mean, Bill. I mean, Brian. Brian Billick was yeah, there. Gruden. You know, Gruden. You know, yeah. Gruden was sleeping on a couch of yeah. the offense line coach. Like, so this is what everybody wanted to learn. They wanted to learn the system. You know, and Bill Walsh was training his players to understand him. He was training his coaches at the same time. How how great – let's just focus on Montana for a second. How great was Montana? Well, you know – you, you really – I mean, that was contemporary. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, I pl played against Joe many times. Um, it, it was – it was like a, a – I guess it's a little bit like what we see from Mahomes right now. Like, I was just watching Mahomes come on the field the other day. Yeah. He's coming out, and he's, he's got his warm-ups on. But everybody in the entire stadium that was there at that time watched him. Like, they literally all followed him onto the field. And I felt like that's how it was with Joe. Like, they, you couldn't take your eyes off him. Like, you just had to – like, how does he do it? Is he magic? Is it real? Is it – like, is there magic dust in his shoes? What, what, how does he keep doing these amazing plays? Yeah, it's wild, man. 
It's, uh, it's the lore of the Super Bowl. Hey, speaking of the Super Bowl, let me tell you about the Game Time app, all right? This is a, a, amazing, all right? Uh, the big game is upon us, and I want to talk about the Game Time app because when we talk about the big game, you can get a sweetheart of a deal on the Game Time app. That's right. In fact, right now, it's the Vegas 100. Right now, if you buy a ticket to the big game, you get 100 bucks. Like, what would you do? For a hundred with a hundred bucks, would you put it on? Uh, yeah, red, red. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Listen, get the game time app, and if you're coming to Vegas, use our code Vegas one hundred V E G A S one hundred. You'll save a hundred bucks. You get a hundred bucks right to you uh, on your big game ticket. But remember, the game time app is for more than just the big game, right? It's for all of your basketball. Hockey, baseball be starting up soon. Your concerts, comedy, theater, get it all on the Game Time app. It's the best. They're obsessed with saving you money right now. In fact, when you if you want it, you can see the vantage point of your tickets. Uh, I, say, I want to I want to see what it looks like in this section. Well, you can actually see what you're going to be looking at. They have uh, zone deals which you can save money. You have last minute deals which you can save money. In fact, they're so obsessed with saving you money that they'll refund you. If you find tickets cheaper, they're going to refund you 110% of the difference. That's why you got to have it, all right? So beyond just the one Vegas 100, like if you're not coming to the big game, no worries. You use our code ALLNFL, A-L-L-N-F-L, and you'll get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Listen, we're all sports fans. That's why we're here. Make sure you have it. It needs to be part of your arsenal. It's the Game Time Ticket app. It'll change the way you buy tickets. All right. Um, let's keep going yeah. in our Super Bowl memories. And uh, let me go. Let's go modern a little bit. Let's go Rams, Tennessee. This is uh, Super Bowl 34. Yeah. Uh, this was the Tennessee gets stopped at the one-yard line. Yes. This was also the year of the Music City Miracle. Yes, it was. And um, that was in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta, uh, January of 2000. I was uh, I was doing the international feed, so I was announcing the game. So I was up in the international section announcing it. And this is the greatest show on turf. You know, so uh, this is Kurt Warner. This is Mike Martz. This is a phenomenal team. And, you know, and Jeff Fisher's got Eddie George on one side and Steve McNair. I mean, it's just, it's a battle. And there was a big ice storm that hit Atlanta like on that Friday, and nobody could get anywhere. It was just, it was just one of those th- untimely Freak. things. Yeah, yeah, untimely things. Nobody could really. It, it was like literally unsafe. Like you couldn't go anywhere. Like we're all kind of trapped in our hotels. But the game, you know, came down to the final drive, and Eddie George was just as larger than life. Uh, you know, he was the Derrick Henry of our day, and Eddie's still like built like uh, that. Yeah, just a tank. You know, Philadelphia kid. Yeah, just a tank. But it was. It, would, it had all the suspense down to the, you know, he gets tackled at the one-yard line. And if he gets in, we're probably going to overtime. We're probably seeing an overtime game because it's right in the final minute of the game. You know, it's funny. If you walk, Baldy said we're at NFL Films. If you walk outside this office door and you travel down the hall, maybe about 50 feet, to the left is John Runyon's door. And John, big John, the great John Runyon, we love him. He was in that game. He was the right tackle for Tennessee. And he's still haunted. Like, when you bring that up to him, he's still haunted by that Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, he, he became an Eagle pretty soon right thereafter. Yeah, the year, the next that year. year, the following year, yeah. he was an Eagle. Yeah. But he was a Titan. Yes, he was. And that's where he, uh, he first came on the team. He was a great, great player. Yeah. Big John. He always talked about that, that moment. Um, the elation of the Music City Miracle earlier in the playoffs in the wild card game to then lose him by a yard, a yard, one a yard. yard. Like dude, that yard sticks with you for the rest of your life. Like what it's if, shoe size? <laughs> it's, it was just that close. And so, you know, it, and you know, the receiver stretching the ball out, you know, trying to get it to the goal line. And 
I don't know who made the tackle, London Fletcher or somebody, yeah. but it was yeah, just London one of those Fletcher. flights. Wow, that's amazing. All right, let's skip ahead to Super Bowl 42. Giants and New England. Uh, this is the year of spags, right, for Kansas City. It's, uh, yeah, Andy and Mahomey, but this team has been led by its defense. Spags, in fact, will join us on Friday. Well, in that game, Super Bowl 42, the Patriots were going for perfection. For, yeah, for they were 18 and 0. They're 18 0. They had met the Giants and the Patriots had met the last um, game of the season. Final game of the season, week 17, Saturday night. A Saturday night game, national TV, and you know um, there was a the Giants played their guys like they played. They played to win the game, and they knew that they could compete with New England. And Spags put together a game plan. He put his NASCAR package together with Osio Menor and Strahan and Tuck and the guys, and they got after Tom Brady. And, um, you know, they kept the highest scoring offense in the league by a wide margin to 14 points that day. And then, you know, but Eli still had to bring the team down, throws the game winner to Plexico Burris. I remember that game. It was in Arizona, which is now, you know, University of Phoenix Stadium, whatever, their State Farm Stadium now, but whatever it is. But I remember I was down the field that day uh, for much of the game, all of the pregame. And then I had some things that I had to do at Fox that day. Sean Payton was there. We, we were doing some, some Super Bowl stuff, whatever. But that was, you know, that was in Arizona. And that was, that was Eli's first Super Bowl. That was the, the Giants being victorious. I remember I was supposed to. Maybe Tyree catching it off his head. Off the helmet. We still don't know how that, that pass stuck. It. Um, I remember I was supposed to do something with the Patriots at the hotel. After the celebration, you know, during the celebration, I was going to walk around with a camera at their celebration at their team hotel and interview players, and they were going to pay me a certain fee and all this kind of stuff. And uh, ah. that all got shelved. Let's just <laughs> all got shelved. Let's just put it that way. Nobody wanted uh, no. a loser's party. <laughs> Listen, I know about that because I was doing a book for the Eagles and Patriots the year they were in Jacksonville. Yeah. And I had a whole deal done if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And, of course, they, they didn't. Yeah. So, the deal went away. Yeah. So, I, no I, I can relate. They only want to deal with the winners. <laughs> they don't want to deal with the losers. But that run was amazing by the Giants that year because it starts in Tampa and then it goes to Dallas and then it goes to Green Bay in a snowstorm. Yeah, like they beat Favre. I think they were in just a, a nine. And, I think they were just a nine and seventeen. Yeah, I think they were just a nine and seventeen. Beat the Jets late in the season on a big play that got them into the playoffs. Yeah, they got hot. They the, got hot at the yeah. right time. Yeah, yeah. But they went through a gauntlet. Tampa, which was very good. Yep. At Dallas and Romo, and then Favre in a snowstorm in the NFC title game, which was amazing. Now, here's Spags in the Super Bowl going up against Brady. One of the things I remember from the game is how incredible the Giants' offense, methodical. They bled the clock. You know, remember. They had Patriots Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah. Yep, they had a good one-two combination. Like, the Patriots were so good and so lethal. Yeah. That's Randy Moss, obviously, beyond Brady and all things. Yep. And they, they just were an unstoppable crew. And the Giants held the ball. And then it felt like, you know, one of the things, Spags was able to get pressure on Brady, especially up the middle. Especially early. Yeah. Like, they got off the field on third downs, and they couldn't get anything established. And Brady was getting hit. Uh, you go back, and, you know, he's on his— Great Michael Strahan. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a fierce pass rush, and they turned, those, they turned them loose. And they got to Brady, and he was quickly as he wanted to get rid of the ball, he was getting pressure. 17-14. Yeah. Plaxico with the uh, with the winning touchdown catch. Yep. Pretty wild. Plaxico, who, who, who remember, had shot himself with – he had the gun in his sweatpants. Yes. Well, um, I think that was – I think that was after the Super Bowl victory. Yeah. I think that was afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. The following year, Super Bowl 43, Pittsburgh – Arizona. This was a great Super Bowl. One of the one of the like just back and forth. It looks like the Cardinals and Kurt Warner are going to win. Yeah. The, the, this the Kurt Warner piece was amazing because he had gone from St. Louis, 
where he was the greatest show on tur- yep. like, turf quarterback, right? He goes to the, the Giants. Giants and he's he's just it's not his system. And well, he, he, but, but you know, he, he, so he goes to the Giants yeah. and they draft Eli Manning, and he starts the first seven games. They're five and two. They're five and two. I think something happened to his finger or his thumb or something on his throwing hand, and they supplant him with Eli. And you know, he's not quite ready to play. He's not Eli Manning, you know, his rookie year. But that was it. Like, Kurt had a short time, and then he went out with uh, Wisenhunt out to uh, Arizona. And, man, they uh, – Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald, like, he got his crew together, and they were – that was a really dynamic team. And, of course, the big play in that game – was James Harrison's 100-yard interception return for a touchdown, yes. which was the yes. difference in the game. Yes. Uh, he was a fierce pass rusher, obviously. Just happened to drop in a coverage. Not sure if Kurt saw him or if he knew he was there. But, um, you know, he takes it from one goal line to another goal line. And that was the big play. That was in Tampa. That was Raymond James Stadium. We were all there doing NFL Network, you know, shows around that game. We are all sitting in a suite together watching it. Um, that was uh, that was an amazing game on a, on a great night, football 2000 January 2008, like uh, you'll you'll you just never forget it. Didn't you think that it looked? I mean, it looked like the Arizona had won the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ben though came back and he kept firing. And how about that catch? Yeah, the oh. catch. I mean, he's the MVP. The MVP catch. My God, what a great Super Bowl! Yeah. Up and back. Oh, that was the, that was one of the best. Uh, another thrilling one came five years later, Super Bowl 48. That's on our list. Uh, comes in at number seven, Patriots and Seattle. And this is why you want to talk about haunting. This is the infamous call. Let me throw it at the goal line when I got beast mode. This, this, game, was, this game was also in Arizona. And um, this was – I remember that – Mike Lombardi, my buddy, was he was working for the Patriots back then. And, you know, he, we wanted to get together during the week. I was good friends with him and his wife and his kids. So the Patriots are staying at this compound because it's in the middle of the desert. Like, I, I must have driven an hour and a half to get out there. Like, they were so far out of Phoenix or Tempe or Scottsdale. They, they were removed. They were in lockdown. And uh, But that, that drive by Seattle to come down the field, like – Belichick's not calling a timeout. You're like, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how's he? Why is he? He's got. To, he needs time. What if they score? They got to have time. And he he bled the key, let the clock bleed, and he played for that one play at the goal line. And everybody, excuse me, everybody just assumed that Beast Mode was getting the ball from the one from the one yard line, and they decided to throw it. And Malcolm Butler, a uh, you know a free agent, oh my God. a free agent corner. Picked Russell Wilson there at the goal line off a stack formation. We all know what happened. We're all just wondering, like, how in the world could you not give it to the most powerful running back in this league? That's one that goes down along with Scott Norwood as one of the most haunting. Yes. You're one yard away from. from You're one yard away. They just crushed Denver and Peyton Manning the year before. So they're going, they're starting to put. The Legion of Boom has has bloomed, and there's Beast Mode, and you know Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson early, and you know I mean all the we all know the characters, and you're like they they're going for back to back Super Bowls, right? They could be building a legacy, a dynasty right here in what they're doing. They led the league four years in a row, only team to ever do it. Four years in a row, they gave up the fewest points in the league. Like they were they were all over Brady in that game. I mean, Michael Bennett like was everywhere. I, I can't. I still can't believe they lost that. I can't believe he threw it. Oh my God! No, you come back and you found out like they had rehearsed that play. If it should yeah. happen, they rehearsed that stack formation. That you got to jump the stack. You got to. You can't let them get separation. This is what they want, and they they prepared for it. They walked through it, and then they executed it. Amazing, amazing. All right. Speaking of haunting Super Bowls. At uh, number eight, oh, man, we talk about this current Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. He's the OC in Atlanta. It's the comeback. It's Brady. It's 34-28, Super Bowl 51. It's 28-3 in the third quarter. 
It is a complete blowout. In fact, the Patriots— Where were you at? Uh, were you at the game? I was at, I was at Super Bowl side, but I ended up watching it back here at NFL Films. Okay. So—because <clears throat> uh, I had to do something the next day on the game, so I, I just had to be here. But anyways, uh, this is how the Patriots almost stuck it to the Falcons. When they got their Super Bowl ring, they encrusted it with 283 diamonds to memorialize being down 28 to 3. Yeah. 283 diamonds is in their ring to remind themselves of where they were in that third quarter. Remember, Brady throws the pick six yes. to get it to 28 yeah. to 3. Yeah. And you're like, the Falcons are going to, and Kyle Shanahan and the whole group, they're winning the Super Bowl. When you go back and, like, how flabbergasted, when you think about it, like you're in here and then you'll go back through the tape and kind of go through it. How flabbergasted were you that, you know, they were able to, you know, they, they the Falcons blew that lead. Like, if you're just taking time, well, I remember somebody doing a story uh, about if you just bled the play clock, there wouldn't have been enough time for Brady to do it. Well, Julio catches the ball on the sideline for a big chunk, and it's just classic Julio. He's the best in the league. You know, toe tap on the sideline. And, you know, they got this first down, and it's almost impossible for the Patriots to win this game. They need the ball back, and they throw the ball, like, on third down or something. And, you know, it stops the clock. And it was, you know, it was just one of those errors where you're just not – you're not doing the right math. Yeah. And that, to this day, I mean, you know, that that's what's – that's a ghost – that is like it's all, there. All, all in Kyle and Chenin's There's shoulder. no doubt. There's no and doubt. a week from Sunday, the only way to get rid of that ghost is to win that game. Well, I don't know if it makes the ghost go completely away, but now you, you put him in that category. Oh, he's he's a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah. He's not a Super Bowl losing coach. You know, like, I don't know if it completely erases it, but at the same time, he can start to say, we can start to give him the flowers uh, that he Rose, deserves. He's a great football coach. He's a great coach. I mean, he's a great, great coach. He's a great coach, and they got a great organization. Yeah. And, you know, to see what him and John Lynch are accomplishing since they came in there together. John Lynch. Can you say enough about John Lynch? We'll talk a lot about him next week, and hopefully we'll, we can get him on. Because he, he is just an amazing, amazing GM. With the job that he has done build, building that thing. And Shanahan's a great coach. He just is a great coach. All right. Uh, let's go to Super Bowl 52. This is near and dear to our heart because you became a Philadelphian. Yeah. And you have lived this whole Eagles thing. It's Super Bowl 52. We're it's all a, up in Minneapolis. You were all up in Minneapolis you together. I, we went to we, Baldy and I and, and Jaws. Do you remember the party? So Jaws and Mike Ditka have a cigar party every year. Yeah. And Minneapolis was so cold. Do you remember? <laughs> Hell yeah. They, they had these outdoor heating lamps. Nobody was outside. They froze. And everything froze. They, they froze. <laughs> it was so yeah. freaking cold. Like, we, we were, we were, I just remember getting a cab with you, jumping in a cab. And it was like, oh, my God. Snowing, freezing. Freezing. Oh. I mean, it was classic. I mean, I grew, lived in Minneapolis yeah. from Minnesota for five and a half years. So I was like, this is like. Going back to my childhood, I mean, that's it. The, the, everything was frozen, like, and that night of that Thursday night of Jaws' party, I remember I went over there with Sterling Sharp. We were doing TV together back then, and um, you know he played in Green Bay. And we're like, yeah, oh, this is I nothing. Remember doing, I remember hanging with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a good, we, yeah, we had a good night. We had a good, good night. night yeah. We smoked some cigars, but they were yeah. all inside. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but the but, story of the Eagles is important here because. Yes. Remember, the, the franchise had never won a Super Bowl. They were there in 80 against the Raiders. Yep. I was a little boy yep. crying. New Orleans. Right? Then, it, all these years later, they finally get back in 04 with Andy Reid as the coach. They lose to the, the Patriots. Patriots. And that was the, the scandal, like the film and the practices yeah. and all that stuff was going on. Yeah. So, like, we are like, oh, they cheated. All, like, all this other stuff, right? So, but meanwhile, they, listen, they won. They were... But the Eagles had been snake bitten. All those championship games, all right, when they had Reggie White and Randall Cunningham, they never got to a Super Bowl. So it's unlikely in 2017, 2018, how it all plays out, right? And it all comes together. Doug Peterson, who's Andy Reid's protege, 
He's and he reached coach. first quarterback in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, he plucked, you know, Doug, um, you know, to be the starter when he drafted McNabb in 1999. Doug Peterson was the starting quarterback in Andy Reid's first year in Philadelphia. And here's Doug Peterson on one side, uh, Bill Belichick on the other side, and here's Nick Foles, Nicky Six. Nick Foles stepping in, the biggest game of his life, biggest game. And I remember, this is what I remember about the game, cuz. The story of Foles is... Well, that, that is one of the most amazing. It's an amazing. It's, it's, it's Cinderella. Yeah. You know, and so, like, I, I remember, I just, I didn't want to be around anybody. I, you know, I was up there in Minneapolis, but I came back, and I remember I was up at my brother's house and uh, up in New York to watch the game, and I was like, I can't watch it with all these people. I, I can't. So, I, I, I went downstairs in my brother's house. I watched it by myself, and this is what I remember about the game was there wasn't a single moment in that game where you felt like it was safe enough to get up and leave the TV for a second. No. To no. go get a beer, go to the bathroom, do anything. You didn't feel like you could take one second of attention away from the game. No, we, I actually flew back too. And I, I wanted to, I did a show like in Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, and then my cousin and my childhood friends who, you know, were just eagle crazy, right, fans. I get a hotel room at the AKA. Yeah. Right over here in Center City and University City. And we we are all watching the game and like dying. Like our whole lives as Eagles fans are like playing out. And they look great, right? Like they come out and Foles is throwing shine. Sharper sharper than Kenny. Right? Like and, you know, the Wentz Foles story is one of the great, great stories ever. But Foles is throwing dimes. And, you know, all of a sudden, you're like, you're feeling great. They have a chance to go in, and then Peterson calls Philly special. Well, it's right before half, and it's fourth and two. And Nick comes over. I mean, it's legendary now. But Doug Peterson has Philly special as a one-yard play from from the one-yard line. But they're on the two. And Foles, there's a timeout. Foles comes over to the huddle. And he, he, he literally says to Doug, what do you think about Philly special? And the whole – everybody is – is the whole team basically is around the I, huddle. I, I can hear the – I can hear it, the voice, his voice, man. What about Philly, Philly? Yeah, what about and, Philly? And he just – Doug pauses. He's looking at his sheet. Yeah. And he pauses and he goes, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. And, and then everybody's whispering on the sideline. All the other ancillary members that aren't on the field for that play, they're like, we're running it. They're like they're all like we're running it, we're doing it. Like it's it's like it's traveling in that circle, and then you know the the, the whole play develops. And there's a great shot of it here in NFL Films, but that's like they went for it, and Doug had gone for it on fourth downs a bunch, and he was aggressive, and he believed in analytics, and they pulled that play out that had been run by the Minnesota Vikings against Chicago. Other people had used the play, but nonetheless. Um, you know, Foles catches the ball. I mean, the Patriots had run it with Brady. Yeah. Earlier, it was amazing. Yeah, but it didn't work, you know. So, this was – Doug was like – Dan Campbell was a lot like Doug and how he coached and managed the game. Yeah, well, we, we, we were criticizing him the year before, his rookie year as a coach, yeah. going, he's like, he's not being smart taking the points. Yeah. Well, in the biggest game and the biggest stage, he called it. And, like, even, even after all that, it's 41-33, and here comes Brady. Here comes Brady down uh, the and, field. And, and Cooks, early in the game, has a concussion. So Brandon Cooks, who was their deep threat, the whole thing, has a concussion. Yeah. Then it's just a Gronk show. And now you're holding on because you knew about Brady versus the Falcons. It was, oh. it was like you're, he's, he's driving and here they go. And then Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, lining up over the right guard, wins and gets the ball out of Brady's hands. And there's a fumble. And the Eagles recover, and then the just the tears just started dropping. Yeah, the tears just started dropping uh, in the entire Philadelphia Eagle Nation. Yeah, I mean it was. We left that hotel room with a bottle of tequila and a case of beer, and uh, walked to Broad Street, and I hugged and kissed strangers until about five thirty in the morning when I had to go to work. It was uh, it was amazing. All right, the last one. Is last year, yeah. Super Bowl 57, Eagles and Chiefs. And uh, this was a, another magical story. It's Andy Reid coaching against his 
you know, former team in the Eagles. And, you know, I mean, I still can't believe Mahomes. One leg, like you go into halftime. You're not sure Eagles if you can even in, play. You are can in even, control, Baldy. They're, they're up 10. They're up 10 at halftime. Mahomes. And if not for that weird fumble by Jalen. Yeah. The ball Nick Bolton down his picked hand. it up and ran it in for a touchdown. It would have been a, like a blowout at halftime. Yeah. But, you know, Mahomes comes out in the second half, and somehow, you know, he, he put the cape on, and they they couldn't stop four possessions, four scores. And next thing you know, it's 38-35. And, you know, they're they're the winners. I mean, they 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 just took the game away from the Eagles in the second half, and they couldn't stop them. But you know it was wild, man, as you're watching this thing play out, you know, it goes back to the turf. You the guy slip in. Like, you're in your head, you're going, well, wait a second. They're not going to lose this game. You're not going to lose this game. They couldn't keep their feet. Like, they, you know, the pass rush that produced 70 sacks during the season, you know, I mean, one, I mean, Hassan Reddick's, you know, 19 sacks, and Javon Hargrave and Brandon Graham, and like four guys with double-digit sacks. Like, they couldn't turn a corner on that. The only guy that wasn't slipping was Mahomes. Yeah. Like, everybody else was slipping trying to grab him. and. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was unfortunate. Like they just, you know, it was a new turf, and it was they had all that paint on the logo, and that was slippery in the middle of the field, and they couldn't get any traction. It was a big story of the game. And then the and then the big play was the, was the hold. Yes, Jay Bradbury. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah well, it's it's. Do you have to call the, that in that part? I mean, just. That was the question. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. just let's go to overtime. I was ready yeah. to go to overtime. Yeah. You know, I mean, did he hold him? Yeah, he held him. Uh, by the rule, he held him. Yeah. And uh, you're going to the end zone. Mahomes saw it right away. He was, like, calling for the flag. And next thing you know, they're kicking the game with a field goal. I know. Man, amazing. All right. Well, uh, that was our little, uh, the greatest game, our favorite. Yeah. Like, interesting You game. have your favorites. You know, we're not here to argue with any of them. Yeah. This is just... Games that we went through all 58, and this is what we came up with and what yeah. we remember. Well, we'll go through some of the great teams uh, next week. We got you covered every which way. Uh, Spags is going to join us on Friday. So we're very excited to talk to Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator who's been the man this year. In Spags, so, we trust. Yes. yes. <laughs> he hates that T-shirt, but his DBs are all wearing it. So we will we'll, uh, visit with Spags on Friday. And, of course, Baldy and I in Vegas all next week. So, as always, guys, thanks for yep. hanging with us. We appreciate it. All right. You enjoy it. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. All right. Right there. You get us in your inbox every day. For Baldy, I'm Cuz, the All-City, All-NFL podcast.